Well, hey everyone, and welcome today for our Sunday morning service for August the 2nd, 2020. Uh, My family and I are actually away today on vacation, but through the technology we've been able to pre-record all the announcements and all of these things. You're going to have a great service today with a special guest who I'll introduce shortly. But just wanted to take a moment to open this service in, in prayer. Father, we thank you today for the, the, uh, the new month that is upon us, O oh God. And wow, we have, we have lived through quite a time. And Father, as we see things continue to change and as we see restrictions lifted in some places and uh, even here in our province of Quebec, God, we are just reminded of the, of the urgency of the situation around the world. Lord, so many people struggling and so much anxiety and uh, the financial stresses everywhere. And uh, God, we think of a situation in different countries in the world that, that aren't, aren't doing as well as we are here in Canada. We think of our, our neighbors down south and other places in the world that are now hot spots and where the virus is spreading. And Lord, we pray for your, your protection over people. We pray, God, uh, for those who are in hospital, some of them who are who are struggling, fighting even for their very lives, Lord. We pray for the healthcare workers and people on the front lines. And ultimately, Lord, we pray you give wisdom to people and intelligence to people to be able to develop a vaccine for this thing. Uh, and God, uh, that, that, that things would get back on track, Lord. We look, we look and see the hope on the horizon. Uh, Lord, we, we, we see that you are completely in control of all things, Lord. Nothing takes you by surprise. So help us, Lord, to have a wide vision of who you are today, God. And uh, may we be strengthened by the, the assurance that you are, that you are with us. And Lord, that you are ultimately in control. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
so lord that is our our prayer as we survey the things that are going on in our lives and as we take stock god of what's going on in our own personal world in our own our own little bubble uh, we ask that you would meet us here again god and we were just so cognizant of the reality that without you jesus we can do nothing uh, we're not enough lord unless you come and so meet us here again right where we are i pray that you would speak through your servant today into people's souls and lord people would be challenged people would be strengthened people would be encouraged we pray in jesus name amen amen well welcome again everyone and uh, thank you so much for tuning in with us today august the 2nd 2020 just want to give you a few announcements before we welcome our guest today uh yeah there we go look at that it looks really good on the screen like that uh, and first of all, thank you so much to our band members who you saw for the last couple of weeks on video. They worked so hard uh, recording that set of three songs and the post-production that was involved with all of that. Thank you so much, Simon, for your, your ingenuity and you in using your gifts and everyone who participated uh, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera. Thank you so much to everyone. Uh, a lot goes into it, and it's a lot different than just doing a live set uh, with a band the traditional way. Uh, with the pre-recording and post-production, it's very involved. So thank you so much, everyone, for using your time and your talents and your gifts to all involved. And um, so if you're here for the very, very first time, I'd want to encourage you to uh, contact us. And if you text the key phrase, reach the one, to 514-900-0130, you will receive a nice little uh, gift in your email inbox, okay? And uh, all we need is your, your name, your cell phone, and your email address, and you will receive that gift. Uh, so please reach out to us. You'll get on our mass uh, text and email list and have access to all kinds of goodies as well. So if you want to do that, that would be great. Visit our website at citypointchurch.ca. Uh, slash uh, connect for uh, uh, sermons and videos and audio. Uh, you, we're also on the audio platforms of Podbean and Apple Podcasts. And uh, I would encourage you to share this feed. Those of you who are watching it live on Facebook or recording, share, share, share. Uh, that's part of your way of getting the word out. As I often say, there's, an there's, a, there's a lot of things on the Internet these days. And uh, I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all over the place. Well, hopefully we're a lot of good here as we're teaching the Bible and trying to reach the one who is far from God so that together we would become passionate followers of Jesus. And when you hit that share button, you're doing a little something that could go a whole long way. Continue to pray for our missionaries, Michel and Louis Charbonneau, that you see there in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. You can watch their service as well on Facebook at Église La Forteresse page. I have been there right in that church, and it is jaw-dropping, the work that they do with about a 1,000 youth and young adults. Just incredible. goes way beyond uh, uh, church service. They're giving them health care. Many of those kids are uh, enrolled. Or they're Erdo kids, emergency re relief and development overseas, and they're sponsored 
uh, by adults here in Canada gives them a whole new life. So many kids in Haiti living in, in dire poverty, uh, so many broken families and so many problems in that country. And uh, so thank you so much for praying for them and pray for Don and Marie-José Mann as well, who you see on your screen there. And they are engaging in leadership training all around the world, uh, challenged now, of course, with travel restrictions, but they will be based in Canada and a couple with uh, many, many years of leadership and pastoral experience and missionary experience uh, uh, under their belts, so to speak. So uh, thank you so much for praying for these, these couples and for giving and for your generous support. That keeps us rolling uh, uh, on the online platforms and the audio platforms. It helps us to communicate with people. It helps us to serve our missionaries and give to them and bless them. And you keep us going. And so uh, generosity and consistency is the key. So thank you so much for those of you uh, who are doing that. And maybe those of you who haven't, let me challenge you. The bills come to the church just as much as they come into your home. And uh, we're all stretched thin. But uh, if we stay faithful and we stay consistent, uh, I look forward to September the 20th when we will, God willing, be able to be together again at Cineplex Distrante. Uh, but until then, we continue on this online, exclusive online platform. And then once we start again, we'll be online and uh, in person as well. Okay. Um, I want to introduce to you uh, our guest for today. And uh, I, he's a good friend. Uh, I worked with uh, Pastor Ron Rust in the same church for about eight years, I think before he uh, became the senior pastor over at Trinity Pentecostal Church in LaSalle. This is a church that has supported us very much in our church planting journey. Uh, they've had musicians come and uh, people come and speak. Uh, I have spoken in their church, I think, every summer for the last four years, with the exception of this year. Uh, due to the the pandemic, but they support our church. They support events in our church, and Pastor Ron is a is a seasoned uh, uh, pastor and leader uh, with many decades of experience, doing a fantastic job at Trinity in La Salle. And his message is going to challenge you today. So, would you please welcome Pastor Ron Rust? What a joy to be with you. I pray today's message will be like a breath of fresh air in your life. I was 10 years old, playing with my friends in a partially constructed apartment complex. I fell through an unfinished floor into the basement on crushed rocks below. The wind was knocked out of me. I couldn't breathe. We thought the the caretaker of the building was after us and our, my friends and I were running away and I left my friends and I ran into a dark room but there was no floor in it. And on that basement floor I'm trying to breathe. I could not breathe and I was eventually I had to cry out and my friends thought I was playing with them and trying to frighten them but I was dying. I couldn't breathe and finally I caught my breath. I could have killed myself. Good thing my parents didn't find out. When you can't catch your breath, you can't do anything. So let's talk more about what it means to breathe. Until a few days ago, none of us knew George Floyd. And it's fair to say that none of us really know him. 
We don't know his dreams or his pains or his successes or his failures. We don't know if he drank coffee in the morning, if he ate pancakes and eggs. What we know is this 46-year-old African-American man begged for his life and cried out for his mother under the knee of a Minneapolis white police officer, Derek Chauvin, who has been fired and charged with murder. George Floyd cried out, I can't breathe. He was not listened to. Initially, he was arrested for allegedly using a counterfeit bill and handcuffed. He did not resist and was put in a police cruiser. Due to his medical distress, an ambulance was called. Then the officer pulled him out and put him on the ground and put his knee on his neck. All of this was recorded in a video of 8 minutes and 53 seconds, which showed the life snuffed out of this gentle giant of 6 feet 6 inches. In the first five minutes of this video, we hear George begging for his life. I can't breathe, but the policeman continues pressing his knee on his neck. Bystanders are crying out, you're killing him, he's in bad shape. And the other officers said, let's roll him over on his side. But the senior officer, Chauvin, says, no, we're good. By the time the ambulance gets there, he's dead. The last, last three minutes of the video demonstrate he was totally unresponsive and was dead after the first five minutes of this ordeal. This was one of the most cold-hearted, cruel, merciless actions I have ever witnessed. It's astounding. The police officer seems to flaunt his ability and to do this with cameras rolling in broad daylight? He clearly believes he's above accountability. The off other officers go along and even help to hold him down. Understand, I'm not here to disrespect our police force as they put their lives on the line each day for us and they deserve our respect and our support. But this case does make their jobs a little more difficult and I must respond. I can't breathe. As this is a striking sound from a human being. But these words, I can't breathe, have become a rallying cry for the oppressed and racially discriminated. It's a worldwide cry for the sanctity of life. Like when Cain killed Abel and his blood cried out from the ground. So to his death is a worldwide cry for justice that won't be silent. To counter tragedies like I can't breathe, we must value four things. Number one, the breath of life is a gift from God. In Genesis 2 verse 7 we read, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You see, when God made the world, darkness covered everything. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God said, that's good. He said, let's make man in our image. And so he scooped up some dust from the ground and he formed man and got real close and blew breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being. We of the human race are breathing the breath of God's life. When you hear the words of George Floyd, I can't breathe. You can't help but connect this with the God's breath in our lives. 
and consider the ultimate relationship between human beings and the living God. As human beings, we must realize how sacred human life is and where our dignity comes from. We are not inferior works of creation. We are not only creations of our own imagination. We are the works of God's own hands. Like a sculptor, God knelt down and shaped us. He bent our curves. He made our nostrils. He formed our chest. Like an engineer, he designed us and refined us and then breathed into us. We bear his signature. We are more than just clay and dust. Adam's body was lifeless until it was directly animated by the Creator. And Adam became an independent, breathing creature. Breath is precious. It's powerful. Maybe that's why when we hear the words, I can't breathe, it seems such a violent crime. Who are we to stamp out the breath that only God can put into the body? I can't breathe begs the question of origin, morality, and destiny. In our world, people's physical breath are being in danger. But more than that, their emotional and mental and spiritual breath are being oppressed and destroyed as life is choked out of them. So how do we survive? We all have received the precious breath of life from God in our lungs. But there's another breath God wants to breathe upon us. And this breath is enough to endure injustice and trial and tragedies of any kind. Oh Lord, breathe on us right now. Secondly, to counter tragedies like I can't breathe, we need to value the breath of Jesus. Let me read to you the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples after the resurrection in John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you, and the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The doors are locked shut. The disciples are filled with fear, hiding from Jewish authorities because their mentor was wrongfully accused, humiliated, and ridiculed, and forced to die a slow death on the cross. They watched him take his last breath, and then his body went missing from the tomb. I mean, there were conspiracy theories out there. They were rampant. The government believed the disciples stole the body. And the disciples thought the government stole it to disprove any claims as to the resurrection in the future. In the room, the disciples were praying, Lord, what shall we do now? You're gone. All seemed hopeless. It seemed nothing was going to change. Surely they were thinking, Lord, you told us we were to become fishers of men, and now it seems like we're on the hook. They were afraid hated by many. Their lives were in danger, danger, and they felt as if they were to step outside of those doors, their lives were, would be forfeited. Jesus then all of a sudden enters the room. 
the disciples could hardly breathe. And he's there in his resurrection body. He doesn't need to, for them to open the locked doors because he is the door. And Jesus is raised from the dead and he leaps victoriously from the grave and he goes to see his disciples. He steps into this tension-filled room and startles his disciples and says, Peace be with you trying to calm them down, and he shows them his hands inside, essentially saying, they tried to kill me and bury me, but here I stand. And they are overjoyed, and despite all the rioting, hatred, and hurting throughout Jerusalem, again he says, peace be with you. They were hiding and trying to overcome feelings of fear and oppression, but now they recognize him and are filled with joy. And Jesus then breathes upon them to receive the Holy Spirit. It's like Jesus saying to them, this is not the end. The mission I'm sending on you will continue. I kind of think that Jesus here is sort of giving them a kind of spiritual CPR. The minister is about to die and he revives it. He says, receive my breath, my spirit. And he sits down with them and he brings them peace and he helps them to breathe again. And so we cherish the breath of life from God that he gives us. But Jesus wants to breathe on you so you can breathe new life from fear, hopelessness and oppression. No matter the locked doors of your life, he is not restricted and will come in and speak, peace be with you. Thirdly, to counter tragedies like I can't breathe, we need to value the breath of the Holy Spirit. This isn't just the breath of Genesis 2 of animation bringing alive the lifeless, but it's a breath of empowerment and new life for our soul and our spirit. Listen to how Paul states it in his letter to Titus. He saved us through the rebirth and renewal by this Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us so generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. A rebirth, a renewal, a regeneration comes through the Holy Spirit. True, we need to be outraged, even filled with righteous indignation by recent events. Maybe we need to protest because every life matters, otherwise something's wrong with us. But we must go beyond just valuing life to receiving a fresh wind of God's grace in our lives. To overcome, we need the powerful breath of God's Spirit to surmount all oppression and injustice. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus breathes on them. But this is only the beginning. It's like Jesus is giving them a preview of a coming attraction. It makes, it makes me think of my wife when my kids were young, and she would bake a chocolate cake for someone's birthday. And while the cake was inside the oven, she would take the icing that she was preparing to put on the top and she would have it ready. But then someone had to lick the spoons before you washed them. And I remember my, my kids getting those, those, those spoons and taking the leftovers and licking those spoons. This was a preview of a coming attraction. And it's like when Jesus breathes upon them in the upper room there. All of a sudden he's saying, this is only the beginning, but then the day of Pentecost comes. And listen to what happens next in Acts chapter 2. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, it's like God breathing heavily upon them, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled, filled with what? The breath of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This Pentecostal experience wasn't the final destination. It was not just for personal blessing and enjoyment. It was not just some introductory or temporary moment in our relationship with Jesus. Pentecost was a new spirit or breath of God empowering his people. This breath of God, though, when it comes into your life, it does disrupt, it does disconnect you from the baggage you carried before. Today, God is stripping us of our baggage that can only happen as His Spirit is breathed upon us. Stripping us of the old ways of culture and traditions of our attitudes that contribute to prejudice and racism. Stripping us of so many things we thought were so important. Throughout this pandemic that we're living, I sense there is a new breath of God being poured out into our lives. It's not the end, but a renewed beginning for many of us. Let this pandemic 2020 be a Pentecost moment as everything is changing and God is doing a new thing among us. We need a power beyond our intellectual strength, more powerful than our mere anger and emotions. Beyond all the trouble and confusion of this world, the only way to breathe peacefully again is to be receiving the breath of the Holy Spirit. Souls are crying out. People are broken. Tragedies make us feel at times there's no hope. But Jesus wants to breathe once more into your life and my life by His Spirit because we can't make it in this world without Him. We witnessed recently the actual life being squeezed out of another person by someone who thought the other didn't have the right to breathe. No one has the right to breathe more than another. The air I breathe should be as equally valuable as the air that you breathe. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured on all flesh and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them in many languages representing many races. And when the Spirit of God is within us, we're able to hear the cry and feel the pain of those around us because God wants to pour His Spirit upon all flesh without exception. Therefore, we have a responsibility to share and protect this life because we haven't deserved it more than anyone else. Fourthly, to counter tragedies like I can't breathe, we need to value the breath of God's Word. One of the primary tools God uses to breathe upon us is His Word, that is the Bible. 2 Timothy 3 declares all Scripture is God-breathed, Theonutas. It, and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The spirit, the wind, the breath, the inspiration is God inspires and he expires or breathes out or exhales. Scripture is inspired. It is God breathed. This is what Peter says. 
for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through, uh, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. God breathed out the word of God and breathed into men as they were inspired and filled with the breath of God. Therefore, scripture, if it comes from the mouth of God, can't have any errors. If you deny the inerrancy of scriptures, then you must also deny the inspiration of scripture. If it has errors, then you can pick and choose what you feel is right, which makes you God. How arrogant to think that we can judge the Word of God. You don't judge this book, but you will be judged by this book because it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Listen to what God's Word says. We are born by the Word of God, not of corruptible seed. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not my Word. Grass withers and flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. And God says, my word will not return void. God's word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. I can't make you believe the word of God, but you are saved by faith in it. You have to choose whether you're going to believe that this book is God's word. And But once you believe it's his word, your life is changed forever, and you now have a standard for your life. Notice the benefits of the breath of God as his word in our lives. Ezekiel 37 declares, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by, my spirit, uh, by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley and was full of bones. Notice, just bones. It wasn't even a skeleton. And it says, This is what the sovereign list says to the Lord says to these bones, I will make a breath enter you, and you will come to life. It seems... When the breath of God comes into our lives, through this word he speaks into our lives, four things happen. Number one, it brings understanding. We see in verse 3 of Ezekiel 37, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. There's some things only God knows. And we say, Lord, I don't understand what's happening. You must go to God and His Word because God's Word and the breath of the Spirit that's in that Word will bring you understanding. Job 32 says, But it is the Spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. We need to read the owner's manual from the manufacturer. Number two, the Word of God brings order. Verse 7 so I prophesied, and I was commanded, and I was prophesying. There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. It's like God brought order out of these disjointed bones. He made them into skeletons. And no matter how chaotic your world might seem, when God's word in your life is breathed into your soul, it brings order to that which is chaotic. Psalm 33 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host, by the breath of his mouth. And then number three, it brings strength. Verse 6 says, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. Tendons connecting muscle to bones. God's word brings structure and order in our life. But we need something to connect us to the power of God, to the muscle of God. And that is the word brings strength in our lives. 
And then fourthly, uh, we see it brings life. Verse 10 says, So I prophesied, and he commanded me, and, breathe entered, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet. It says in Job 33, The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Friends, we need life from above. We don't just need life in our own soul. We need the breath of God in our lives. When you read this book, you get understanding. Your life comes into order. You get power of God in your life, and you get life itself when you're filled with the breath of God. All week long, I've been breathing and inhaling the Word of God. I've been taking this Word all week long, and I've been taking it like... I've been breathing it in. I've been just breathing this word in. And today, I am here breathing out, breathing out to you the life of God found in His Word. But one breath of God per week is not enough. You will be oxygen deprived. This week, breathe in God's Word for yourself and let that life flow through you that brings understanding, order, strength, and life. For all who say, Lord, I can't breathe. Jesus says to you, receive my breath. On the cross, when he stopped breathing, he died as a sacrifice for your and my sin. Because his breath left his body, the price was paid for us to receive a new breath of life. Jesus' blood was spilled for us all, and therefore we need to value and protect his breath that we receive and value in others. Today is a day where I'm praying that God's breath would be in your life. And I'd like you to pray with me and open your heart, because maybe you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I can't breathe. But he wants to give you new breath, because Jesus came he came to breathe upon you, and the Holy Spirit is here today to give you fresh life as you say, Lord, I can't live just with the breath that I have. There's got to be more, and there is. So let's pray together. Lord God, I pray that you would be with those who listen at this moment, that you would draw them to yourself, and you would give them a fresh touch this morning. Some people are crying out, I can't breathe in this relationship. I can't breathe in my work. I can't breathe in my own personal feelings of anxiety or, or my own sense of worth or future or destiny. Today, Lord, would you breathe upon these people that are listening in their living rooms or in their homes. Lord, breathe upon them. Spirit of God, come fresh upon those that are listening. And Lord, we just thank you today that you give new life. Because you died and rose again, you're giving us resurrection life. And God can bring you back from the dead and give you fresh life today. Just say, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. I need the breath of God today because I want to breathe. Well, I trust that that has been an encouragement to you and that message has challenged you and uh, will stay within your within your mind and your heart. I encourage you, watch these messages again, listen again. That's why we record it. That's why we keep it uh, electronically. And uh, I look forward to being with you again. 
next Sunday, August the 9th. Uh, but until then, may God bless you.